Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm doing something a little different, or today anyway, I'm doing something a little different. I was chatting with my guest before we started recording, and I was talking about how being a better person is such a broad subject and with a lot of topics underneath it, and then I always try and make them fun. But just the idea of being a better person itself is a little virtuous and could potentially sound stuffy and not that much fun. So today, I am so excited to be doing something a little bit different and talking about a new development in our brave new world that I'm really excited to explore with our guest today. My guest is Lizzie Post. She's the great-great-granddaughter of American etiquette expert Emily Post. She's the co-president of the Emily Post Institute and author and co-author of several books on etiquette including the book Higher Etiquette about the do's and don'ts of cannabis culture. And that's what we are talking about today. Isn't that fun? Marijuana is legal. It's a brave new world. What does that mean for us people who want to be decent humans? I also want to point out before I bring her on that Lizzie is also the co-host of the Awesome Etiquette podcast. And it is indeed an awesome podcast that I hope you will go check out. Lizzie, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy when I saw your email come in to schedule this interview. And it (laughs) it feels like such a good spot. And I'm also so right there with you on the, is it virtuous? Is it self-serving? Like how is bettering ourselves really fit into, into our worlds without putting other people down or even our own lives down? You know what I mean? (laughs) Totally, totally. I'll confess, I saw your book when I was in a dispensary in the Berkshires. <laughs> and I was like, this is genius. This is fusing the like, you know, the the world of people who are trying to do things the right way. And the fact that all of a sudden we have this new, I don't mm-hmm. even know, culture, tool, the diversion available to us that's legal. So I want to kick off. You mentioned in your book, which again, I'm going to say the title a million times because I want people to check it out, Higher Etiquette, that it's no longer hippies and rappers who publicly identify as being a user of cannabis. Now it can be, and this is a quote from your book, your Pilates instructor, your favorite etiquette expert, your uncle, the lawyer, your niece, the magna cum laude student. So how does the fact that marijuana is now legal in many states and no longer something that people need to hide for legal reasons change the world of etiquette between you and the people you interact with in your daily life? 
Well, in some ways it's changed greatly. And in my own personal life, I feel like even though I'd always been known as an, I often self-identify as a stoner, but <laughs> as a, as a self-identified stoner, people weren't shocked by it. This was a book that, that my inner circle had seen coming for a long time. <laughs> um, so in my world, it felt like a great source of relief and getting to finally kind of merge these two subjects that I had always seen so much crossover with that the majority of the people I consumed cannabis with saw a lot of crossover with. And uh, finally, sort of my etiquette world and the family and, and the business opportunity came all together. But it is really interesting to go from something that is prohibitive, that's secretive, that has had a hundred years of negative PR, we'll say. Yeah. Or mostly negative PR. I mean, like active mm-hmm. campaigns to tell you that this substance is the root of all evil. And that's a really big, heavy label to put on a plant. And so I feel like it's been a really interesting sort of coming out for cannabis as legalization has started with, you know, Colorado and Washington and Oregon and California. And I was very proud of my own home state of Vermont legalizing. And we just got the ability to have uh, recreational or adult usage dispensaries opened up here. And Mm -hmm. so that was just this past uh, fall. So like only uh, we, we're not even a year into our first year of dispensary purchases here in Vermont for anyone 21 plus. So it's been really fun to follow it. It's been really fun to see what happens when legalization happens that sometimes it's not like a big free for all with weed right away. I remember my first legalized 420. I couldn't find anybody to hang out with and celebrate it with, <laughs> celebrate the holiday with. Um, I was like, what's going on here? It's legal. Aren't we all going to be like, you know, parading down the streets with lit joints? No, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> um, it's really interesting, though, what it does for people. When Vermont first legalized, I noticed a lot of people more willing to have conversations about cannabis, even though a lot of them started with, well, I don't do it, but <laughs> and mm-hmm. I really appreciated how over time things have really opened up where I think a lot more people feel confident even identifying that they are a cannabis consumer at work, whether or not they have to consume to be able to work is a different question. You know, some people they can't consume at work at all. And there are tests and and drug tests and things that happen. Other people, it's the thing that allows them to focus. A lot of people who use marijuana for pain relief will talk about that they can't concentrate until that high kicks in and it relieves the pain. And once the pain relief is in place, now they can concentrate and get things like work done or focus on things that they need to focus on at home. And so it's really interesting how people kind of go from tiptoeing around it and joking around it about the topic to feeling confident with it, feeling confident, understanding how it functions in their community. And people even feeling confident saying, this isn't for me. It's, it's not my thing, you know, but I found out my neighbor does it and I had no clue. Wait a minute. You yeah, know, you know, know. every time I've met you, yes, I have been. Wow. I had no idea. Well, there you go. You know? <laughs> well, that raises a question that I wanted to ask you, which is what is the etiquette around using 
cannabis, marijuana, however you partake and for whatever reason around other people, you know, should you tell someone that you're spending time with that you're high or should you assume (laughs) that other people are or like what, what to help me? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people need help with this one. And we, at the end, when it came down to thinking about things in terms of consideration, respect, and honesty, we felt that it really depended upon a person's situation. So is this my medicine? Now it's something that no, I don't have to share with anybody. That's my own private space. That's my own private conversation with the people that help me monitor this and they know why I use it and how I use it. Is it just for recreation? Now it's something I probably feel a lot more confident letting people know, hey, you know, I know I, I smoked up earlier. I shouldn't be the one driving. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. It's, I think yeah. it's really important to think about the situation to think about how the high could impact the situation. Sometimes it really is nobody's business that you are on cannabis and how it's impacting you. Other times I think it could really be somebody's business. And so it's important to recognize that there is no one size fit all when it comes to cannabis. And that's true with consumption methods as well. Methods like edibles are really incredible because they don't have to have an impact on anybody else. Whereas smoking a joint, a bowl, a bong, a blunt, anything, anything that you're inhaling, really, even vape, even though people don't like to admit it, Uh it impacts the people around you, whether it's, you know, that cloud of vapor is in the room for a moment and you walk through it or it's, uh, you know, the actual smoke in the room. Those are two really big differences. One is completely concealed and and not something other people will interact with. The other is something other people will interact will interact with. However, the edible brings up its own safety issue in that labeling is incredibly important and you have to be in charge of the safety of that product. You cannot trust it to a child safe device or box. You can't trust it to other people. You have to know that you are making sure that that substance is not going to get into the hands of children. And that's a huge safety concern with it. You know, it's, and so different ways of being able to interact with the product are going to have their own, I think, benefits and pitfalls at different times, you know, hard, hard, you know, to like share a, weed lollipop with someone. Okay. Maybe not totally hard. I don't really want to share a weed (laughs) lollipop with someone. A lot easier to share a joint. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just different things that are going to make them easier or less easy to be a part of your social world. And I think the freedom to move within that, to have the opportunity by having all these different products legalized, I think we give people a lot of options for being able to consume cannabis in a way that's going to fit the scenario that they're entering into. Not everybody wants cannabis at their house. They don't all, you know, maybe the regular flower smells too much or the gummies are too big a concern for pets and people, you know, or the mm-hmm. there's all kinds of reasons why you might lean in one direction over another. Right. Well, I want to ask you about like what's a typical experience at a dispensary? And I do want to ask about like having cannabis products in a house with kids, but I have to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Everybody (laughs) stay tuned. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back. I'm talking with Lizzie Post about cannabis etiquette. So Lizzie, you were mentioning before kind of establishing some house rules around having cannabis products in your house and how there can be some risk around particularly edibles like gummies, which look like candy, which can actually have quite a lot of cannabis in them, particularly if you eat more than one. Yeah. And also just in general, marijuana is legal now. It's... Um, yeah. I feel like it's changing the conversations that we need to have with our kids in all kinds of ways. So how would you advise a parent to handle those conversations and just those risks with their kids? One of my favorites, actually, I watched happen in front of me, a grandfather. So my, you know, family friends of ours, my, so I grew mm -hmm. up, we've got like three generations here. My parents' generation who were friends, they all had kids and all the kids became friends. And then the kids had oh, nice. kids and now we're all hanging out and there's grandparents and parents and kids. And cool. the granddad of the family we were visiting, uh, my father and I were in a sitting room with him and his grandson and we were talking about the new book and I was watching my dad a little uncomfortable at how freely the conversation was happening around the 10-year-old in the room. And uh -huh. I was impressed that he, I could watch him just kind of like entering the conversation, but I could see his discomfort. And I know that he was trying very hard to take the lead from the grandfather of that 10 year old in the room. And it was really interesting because about 10 minutes into the conversation, the grandkid pipes up and says, what's cannabis? And his granddad, <laughs> without missing a beat, y'all just turns right to him and said, it's a plant that some people choose to use when they're adults. You'll make a decision about it when you're older. And I was like, that is like A plus textbook sample script material right there. Like, <laughs> right. He didn't present it in a very interesting way to the child. He didn't mm -hmm. make a big deal about it being legal or not legal or this or that. It was like, it's a plant that some people use. And when you're an adult, you'll make a decision about whether it's for you. And it was like, right. okay, it, it reminded me in some ways how I've seen a lot of parents handle alcohol. I don't mm -hmm. like comparing cannabis and alcohol all that often, but I think these are ways that we can think about this is an adult thing and maybe you'll decide it's something for you once you're an adult. And I really like that simplicity. So conversations can start and be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. 
it might be that we make it clear as parents to our friends that we don't really want our kids to be exposed to smoking as much as possible. And so Mm -hmm. if you need to smoke, please take a walk around the block or please go somewhere where you're going to be out of sight and our kids aren't going to find you, you know? Mm -hmm. I've heard that as like a rule. So it kind of depends on what you're comfortable with and what you want to set up for yourself. But I think every parent has the right to explore those boundaries and express those boundaries. And Mm -hmm. that just the same way you might ask about guns or you might ask about prescription drugs or you might ask about smoking in a home, I think you can ask about cannabis and you can just say, hey, there are some sort of safety things we like to touch base on so that I'm just aware of of what our kids might be exposed to or even just Mm -hmm. have not even access to, but just awareness of through another person's home would it be all right if we talked about them? And you can just kind of go through your list. And I think a lot of parents are starting to get very comfortable having these kinds of conversations, excuse me, because I think there are so many things they have to touch base on. I just learned that sleepovers are a thing that some parents set boundaries about. It was not on my radar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's just, there's a lot of these things that we have to get comfortable talking about. Cannabis is one of them. Yeah. Okay, great. I love that. I want to pivot a little bit and ask, and we're kind of running out of time and there's so many things I would love to ask you about. Maybe we can have you you back another time. But, you know, I mean, in terms of like sort of a, like a difficult thing to get your mind around regarding the legalization of cannabis and marijuana is that a lot of people have served jail time and may still be serving jail time for something that we can now like waltz into the dispensary and buy our artisanal gummies. And what's like a respectful approach to this paradox? I think number one, being very aware that it exists is the number one way to respect it is to not pretend like it isn't happening. And to not act as if it, it, it just, yeah, to not act as if it's not happening. Or, mm-hmm. and so I think that's really an important step. Beyond that, I think it's really important as we advocate for states and especially federal legalization that you make sure you are advocating for programs and plans that would allow your state to expunge records, to release mm-hmm. people from being incarcerated for this it's a really good way to go. Even some states have done things where people who were incarcerated for a cannabis crime or a crime related to cannabis, they will have preferential treatment when uh, opportunities within the cannabis industry come up. And Mm -hmm. I've always thought that was incredibly impressive. And I, I know people who have benefited from that and appreciate it. So there are definitely things that that can be done, but I think it starts with awareness and it also starts with paying attention to the laws that are being passed in your state and and that we are hopefully one day going to get passed at the federal level to make sure that this, as, as you said, this sort of paradox doesn't happen or that it's accounted for as legalization occurs. Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, something else that I've also heard is that as small business owners, you know, we have a lot of small businesses in America. And a lot of times people who have a record are passed over for job opportunities. So if that's, if cannabis is an important part of your life, and you are a small business owner, you could potentially prioritize people who maybe have been jailed for their involvement in cannabis. And that could be a way to like, kind of bring things forward and do your part, which is all any of us can do, right? Absolutely an option. Yeah. So let's end on a fun note. 
something okay. you talk about <laughs> something you talk about in your book are can activities can yeah. cannabis activities <laughs> i don't know if i'm saying that right but they're fun ways to incorporate cannabis into your social life can you give us just like a quick tour to plant some seeds in our minds about how we yeah. might want to explore this realm there are some really cool companies i don't and i'll fully admit i don't know if they're still around but tokativity was one that i really liked <laughs> and they had they had events and i can't remember if they were all female-based events, which can also sometimes be a comfort in the cannabis world, especially for women exploring cannabis to have an environment mm -hmm. where they feel safe and confident. But they would do th everything from crafting to yoga classes <laughs> to mm -hmm. I mean, like anything you want can be a cannabis activity. If you can get high and do it, it's a can, a can activity. And so... I like things that I see where it's like you get together for a particular class or experience and getting high is optional or at least welcome. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be something that people have to participate in, but I feel like a lot of bridal parties would do things, you know, like, and then mm -hmm. the idea is if you're a big fan of cannabis, you do them high and it's just right. fun. It's fun to connect with people that way. Maybe not axe throwing. I don't. Yeah. No, maybe. like, yeah. And like driving, <laughs> not a good one. But right. I'm a big fan of like when someone's willing to be the sober driver, like getting to go out, like getting a group together to do things like search for a great place to take a dip in like a river or stream or something mm. like that. Go for a hike, like grab sandwiches. Food is always such a good part of things when you're high. <laughs> um, right. Grab sandwiches together, you know, like things like that. For me, it's, it's kind of really basic things, but you say, let's grab a joint. Let's like get together to do this. Make sure we're doing it safely. But that for me, it's that, but I would be very into like cannabis art class like art classes where it's be welcome to have your joint lit yeah you that really does like sound that. fun i have to say it i mean really they have does. wine and painting <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so lizzie so wonderful to have you here for people who are loving what you're saying and want to hear more from you i know that i want to ask you about 55 more questions where can they find you <laughs> Definitely for higher etiquette related things we are on instagram as higher underscore etiquette and for everything else Emily Post related, which is for anybody who is interested in being self-reflective and being aware of how their behavior impacts other people, please join us over at emilypost.com. We have, as you mentioned, the Awesome Etiquette podcast, which we air weekly. It's a Q&A show. We also have a really fabulous Substack newsletter that we are really proud of and excited about. We're really creating a community and a conversation around behavior in America today. And that's been really exciting. So if you're interested, please join us over at emilypost.substack.com. And outside of that, emilypost.com is the place to find all things Emily Post. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. 
send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 